0: welcome to the highway church podcast we are excited for you to join us today to find out more about us visit highway.com.au well you know we're uh, well I'm into this uh, this series um, about his future I knew I'd spill it <laughs> his future and uh, this is the fourth message uh, that I preached on this and we're talking you know about future of the church. Because we know his future is the future of the church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And, um, you know, the, one of the key thoughts uh, that we've been speaking about is the fact that you and I um, are the future of the church in this country. The reason for that is we are the church. <laughs> and uh, we've got a mission. It rests in our hands to build something strong for the future generations to have increase. Amen? We've been speaking on increase now for 18 months. But that's our mission. That's our passion. I I love this because we're not building something inferior. We're not building something weak or something that's broken. No, we're building something, you know, that has the power to transform lives. The power to transform lives. I love that. And to restore mankind to God's original design. Original design. Christian life is the best life you'll ever live, I can tell you that. I've lived both. I've lived without God. And there were some good days in that, no doubt about that, but they they didn't last long. They were a vapour. But you know, the bad days will destroy your future. There's a few good days living without Christ, but the bad days without Christ will destroy your future and will destroy your generations. I love the scripture in John 10.10, Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He says, I have come that you may have life and life to the full, to have it to the full. And, you know, I remind the Lord of this promise almost daily, almost daily. I remind him of the words that he has spoken. And if I'm not living this, I've got to ask the question, why not? If I'm not living this life and this life to the full, if that's not where I'm at right now, then why not? He's paid the price in full. There's nothing more he can do. He can't be crucified again. He was crucified once for all time, for all mankind. If God's plans for me are that I should prosper and be in health, then where am I missing it? Where am I missing it? And as you know, we've been speaking a little bit lately about our lives are to be that light, that lamp that is put on a stand, that city that is put on a hill, not to be hidden, not to be covered over, but up there for the world to see, then it better attract some attention. Your life better be attractive. You notice I didn't say perfect, but I said attractive. Telling folks this morning, I came from a dysfunctional life. Dysfunctional family life. I walked into a church and I saw families. I saw husbands and wives actually holding hands, <laughs> smiling at each other. So what's in the water here? What are they on? I soon learned that it was life to the full. I've got to tell you, it was attractive to me. I wanted more of that. I wanted more of that. I wanted that for my life. And the truth is that in Jesus Christ, you know, we all, um, we all have this opportunity to grab it, to take it, to build it. But the reality is we've got to not only access this truth, but apply it we have got to access the truth. It's one thing not to know. It's another thing to know the truth but then apply it. Turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse, uh, verse 1. Let me, let me share this scripture with you. Verse 1 to 9. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. That was me. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That was me. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following his desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. That was me but because of his great love for us. We sung about it tonight. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms (coughs) in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast and you know say hey you know i'm good because you know i did it I overcome, I conquered. No, we can't boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Three things we want to talk about tonight. We're going to reach that goal, we're going to reach that place. We need to be alive in Christ. Alive in Christ, and I tell you, it's a decision. Look at verse 5. Made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. Alive in Christ. What Paul's saying is that even on your worst day as a Christian, it's far better than your best day in the world. On your worst day, living under this truth and revelation and applying it to your life, Is better than the best day you've ever had in the world. Doesn't matter how dark the night becomes for us because the sun's about to rise. I don't know where you are. I don't know the situation or the circumstance you're in. You could say, Pastor, it's pretty dark right now. Let me tell you right now, the sun's about to rise. It's a tunnel, not a cave. This ain't a dead end. This is just a flow through. In the midst of hopelessness, there is indeed hope in Christ. I mean, Jesus commended this church in the book of Revelation. That's what he said. He said, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So they weren't on easy street, folks. They weren't on easy street. They were going through persecution, hardship. But what was attractive about them was that they were alive in Christ. They were alive in Christ. They were that light on a hill. They were visual. They were seen. They were attractive to a dark world. Whatever was thrown at them, they wouldn't stay down. Because they knew this great love and this great mercy. They knew in their own weakness, and that's what it was, in their own weakness, and their own failings. They knew even though that was a reality, This amazing grace of God, this wonderful mercy that we cannot explain, but it's poured out upon us. Turned it all around. David said, he said, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. There's the good news right there, folks. Regardless of the circumstance, the situation you're in, if you trust him, if you if you put your name in him, doesn't matter what situation or circumstance, he is positioned at your right hand and you will not be shaken. I mean, how often have we crumbled to circumstance? I've done it. I've collapsed. I've gone in a, a deep valley for a few days and then all of a sudden it's like, You wake up and you go, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Why am I depressed? Why why am I disappointed? Why am I hurting right now? I start to evaluate in my head the reality of the situation, knowing that if God is for me, who can be against me? Knowing that he calls me the head, not the tail, that I'm above and not beneath. Pretty hard to stay in that valley when you know the truth. Come alive in Christ. Not just church on Sunday, but alive in Christ every day. Every circumstance, every situation. And all the time, Scripture tells us we are much more than that. On my own, yeah, there's weakness. No doubt about it. But when I'm made alive in Christ, He gives me that strength to overcome that challenge. To overcome that challenge time to come alive in Christ. It's time to rise up from wherever you are tonight, wherever situation you're in. It's time to rise up. It's time to say, that's enough. And I know, I know this flesh, this body, we enjoy that pity party a little bit, don't we, if we're honest? It's kind of nice to sort of sit there and navel gaze and poor me. We like that. I like that. Ann doesn't care, but I, I like that. I know after this sermon, the message I'm going to get every day now. <laughs> days at the pity party are gone, Byron. I did enjoy those puppies. Now she's got scripture at me. I can't, I can't fight that. It's your own doing. Whatever that challenge. The good news is that it's my choice. That's the good news. It's my choice. It's not my choice that that situation happened or that thing come against me or that, that stuff went bad. That's not my choice. But my choice is that I don't have to stay there. That I can come alive in Christ. That I can begin to allow the truth to be, begin to build my life and reposition me. Look at number two it's about being positioned in Christ. Know your position. Positioned in Christ. Look at verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Seated us with him in the heavenly realms. I think the world understands this principle a little more than the the church. You know, position and title is very valuable in the world system. They honour that sort of stuff. They worship that sort of stuff. I mean, if you're number one in the world at something, everybody wants to know you. Everybody wants you to endorse their product. You are famous, you are of value to the world if you're number one. I was thinking, how come no one's asked me to do a Nutrigrain ad? <laughs> or a Gatorade commercial? Probably because I'm 10 billion and 45 down the list. You've got to be number one to get those endorsements. Number one. I don't know how many of those are, but I don't think there's very many. But if you're seated in a high position, your words carry a lot of weight. Truth is that if, you know, Israel Falau played reserve grade for the Ormo Shearers, he could tweet whatever he liked. No one would care. Fair call. When you're positioned, when you're seated in a heavenly place with Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, your words carry a lot of weight. You've got to understand that Christ has given you a seat at the table. He's given you a seat at the table. Colossians 3.1 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Because of your now position, not what used to be, because of your now position, because of where you are now seated in Christ, let your words, let your lifestyle carry a message of life. A message of life. Amen? Come on, get excited. It's like you're born into a royal family. You know those people don't have, a, you know, they don't have a, a choice. They're born into a royal family. And you bet their life's a little different, yeah? They didn't ask for that. They didn't want that. But it's a fact. It's a truth. And when you were born again, it says that he positioned you. He positioned you. Your now position is in a place of authority with Christ. I love going to the States. I love America. I love it because they're so positive. Now, we Aussies think they're just full of themselves, right? But they're not. They dream big. They speak big. I mean, go to Las Vegas. I mean, don't, don't gamble there, but go to Las Vegas and see what they did in a desert. Go to Palm Springs, which is like the Mecca for us golfers. It's like, how many I think there's about 103 golf courses they've built in a desert. In a desert. It's like they rolled out green carpet in, on desert soil. They irrigate from underground. They've found ways to, to get water in from another state. Amazing what those guys do. We knock it here. We knock. Anyone who puts their hand up and says, we can do great things, we knock it here. The tall poppy syndrome. Tell you what, we could be a little bit more full of ourselves and do great things. Not for ourselves, but for him. For his church. Amen? You better believe it because you're positioned to do it. The Aussies knock it and, and call them arrogant, arrogant, but, you know, I think we could use a bit more belief in, in who we are. And our thinking, our thinking should be this. We're better than that. Not arrogant, not boastful, not prideful but a fact. See, if you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, you're better than that. It governs our language. It governs our lifestyle. It governs the way we treat people. Why? Because we're better than that. We're positioned better than that. It's like, you know, I refuse to get angry. Why? Because I'm better than that. Wouldn't that save a few marriages? Wouldn't that help if few kids grow up sane? I refuse to lie, to cheat and to steal. Why? Because I'm better than that. I refuse to devalue my life with drugs and alcohol and, and all those abuses. Why? Because Christ says, when I'm positioned with him, I'm better than that. And you know what? Whenever situation you find yourself and you start to feel inside a conviction, a bit of condemnation, don't go along with the lemmings. Don't go over the cliff with the lemmings. Hear my words, you're better than that. You're better than that. Young people, when you go to different parties and different stuff and you've got that opportunity to do something real dumb, listen to me, you're better than that. You're better than that. You are valued, valued beyond measure because of where you're positioned in Christ. It's not arrogance, it's wisdom. It's not arrogance, it's the gospel. It's not arrogance, it's truth. You've got to take hold of that truth tonight. Position yourself in Christ because I tell you, in Him, in Him, you're better than that. And thirdly, tonight, we've got to be a light in Christ. A light in Christ. In verse 7, it says, In order that in the coming ages, that's our future. In the coming ages, that's our future. That's our destiny. Doesn't matter when you're born. Doesn't matter when you expire. That's your journey in the coming ages. My future, his future, the church, in the coming ages. He might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed by his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It says that as you grow in Christ, the favour, the grace, the kindness that he has shown us will be evident on our lives. It'll be evident on our lives and incredibly attractive to those unreached. Incredibly attractive to those who are in darkness, to those who are lost, to those who just don't see it. And then you walk into their world. You're that lamp that's lifted up on a stand that brings light to the whole household. Not perfect, but a a light nonetheless, a light in Christ. A city on a hill that can't be hidden. See, if his church is going to reach, you know, this generation, then what Christ has already done is all we need. Listen to me. We keep waiting for a a, a level of perfection or a level of goodness or a level. It doesn't matter. What Christ has already done in your life is enough to shine a light in any darkness what he's already done. If he didn't do one more thing, you had the validity to stand there and shine a light of life. To speak a message of hope, of love, of kindness, of mercy. Amen. Couldn't we use that in this world of ours today? That's what the church should be known for. That's the light that should be shining, the kindness and the mercy and the grace for all mankind. You bet. Not hidden. You should never be a secret. You should never be a secret. I know we don't have perfect lives, but you've got to admit, Christ has done great things. Just think about it for a moment. Just think about one thing. It take won't take long. And you remember one thing, great thing, Christ has done in your life. It's all the light you need. See, this world's worked very hard to rob you of that truth. It's worked very hard to rob you of that truth. And it forces you to put your light under a bowl. It forces you to to have your, your delight that shines, the Christ that shines in you, and you hide it away. You keep it hidden. But we're going to believe the lie no more. We're going to believe the lie no more, because we are a light in Christ. Jesus taught us in Luke eleven thirty four. He said, "Your eye is the lamp of your body, and when your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they're unhealthy, your body..." also is full of darkness in other words how you see determines who you become how you see yourself in Christ determines who you become who you become if you've been focusing what is unhealthy in my in my life then I'm projecting darkness But if you focus upon what is healthy, you'll project the full light of Christ. It's a filter that we all have. Listen to me. This will help you, but it'll challenge you. Do you know we're all broken? There's all a part of us that's just broken. We don't know what it was. It could have been when we were a child. It could have been that teacher that spoke darkness into us, or it could be that family situation or that circumstance, a father, a mother, a whatever it was. But in growing up in this world, something breaks. Something breaks. And it's our responsibility, you know, if we're going to live life to the full, is we've got to find that broken part and restore it. Now, it's personal, it's individual, it's different for everybody, but the challenge is always the same, because I'll tell you what happens. If you don't fix the brokenness, okay, you use that filter for the rest of your life. You have a father that does the wrong thing to you, that's how you treat your husband. You have a mother that's abandoned you, that, that's, that's how you treat your spouse, your wife. Your and, and many of us don't even get that. We don't even know that. We say, well, that's just who I am. No, no, no. No, that's where you're broken. See, for me, it's inferiority. If you, if you grew up in my family, in my day, you know, we were, we were the least of the least. And, and I find to this day I battle inferiority. You know, people leave our church, and I'm not a numbers guy. I, I'm not into that thing. But when people leave our church and they leave that situation or this situation, they leave that, I wear that. Because they're leaving me. Now, they're not, but that's how I see it, through that filter of inferiority. What's wrong with me? Why would they leave? Why would? And it damages me, and it ruins me for the next people that just love it here. Are you listening to me? See, it may not be inferiority if you. It could be insecurity, it could be fear, it could be disappointment that you know you were so disappointed that you never expect anything. Why well, lift my head? Because someone's just going to smack it. No, I'm not doing that anymore. And you damage the people that come into your world that have no idea of your filter. Are you with me? Do yourself a favour. Be whole. Know where you're positioned. Don't treat everyone because of what other people have done in your life. Come alive in Christ. Come alive in Christ. Be know, know where you're positioned. Know where you're positioned. Know who you are. That you're better than that. That his plan for you is that you would be whole. Whole. So it doesn't matter that What happens and that happens and it it don't matter. Why? Because I'm whole. See, when I'm whole, I don't have to be needy. I don't need you to to do all this. I don't need you to be that. I don't need you not to upset me or disappoint me or, you know, let down my my expectation of what I thought you were supposed to do and you didn't do it and with me. I can say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good, I was broken but I fixed it, I'm good now, I don't need you, uh, what can I do for you now, I don't need you to do for me, well, what can I do for you because I'm whole, that's a good place to live, so what filter are you seeing through? What the word says or what was my past brokenness? Because the world is waiting to see the results of your decision. The world is waiting to see the results of your decision tonight. Tonight, I come alive in Christ. Tonight, I become whole. Tonight, I know where I'm positioned. I'm better than that. Not better than anybody else. But I'm better than that because I'm positioned in Christ. Amen? And when his church gets that revelation, we are a light on a hill and you're incredibly attractive. Amen? Give the Lord a hand as I take your seats. Where's Dan? Come on up.